Show me the science with Professor Luke O'Neill. Hello, Luke O'Neill here, and welcome to my show, Me the Science Podcast. When I pick a topic, as you all know, and and uh, witter on, and I hope you like my wittering, and thanks for the feedback. I do get the odd uh, message to say thanks or to suggest topics. Um, now, this one this week is highly relevant because guess what's around the corner? Halloween. And in the interest of science, I've decided to explore the science of ghosts. But, but of course, we're always fascinated by ghosts, aren't we? You know, they real. Have you ever seen a ghost? And it might, may seem unusual for a scientist to be discussing this. And in fact, I must tell a brief anecdote uh, as part of this. Uh, a good few years ago, I was at a conference. And uh, after the conference, I was chatting to a couple of uh, scientists. And one of them said to me, uh, do you believe in ghosts? And I said, no. And then they bet me 50 euro that I wouldn't spend the night in a haunted house. And this sounds a bit strange. But near the venue of the conference, there was an old rundown house. And, and the guy at the conference had to live locally. And he said, that was a famous ghost story of a ghost in there. And after uh, we were there um, having a few drinks, it must be said, uh, I managed to go into this house. And I said, I'll stay the night here. And they left. And then after about an hour, I got so scared, I ran out of the house and they were waiting for me going, ah, you're not much of a scientist, are you? See, they slagged me off and they won the money. Um, so we, we all, we're all interested in ghosts, aren't we? We wonder if they read or not and is there any evidence for them? And there's no doubt that humans have always reported them. So if you look through history, uh, every culture has supernatural stories and people in a society saying they'd seen one or described them in various ways. And many believe in them. And it turns out a survey... And again, remember, in science, we need data. And I came across a survey in the US where half the people asked in the US in quite a big survey believed in ghosts. Um, I haven't seen any surveys in Ireland. It might be even higher here because we've got a big history of being interested in the supernatural, haven't we? But I guess a lot of Irish people would also believe in ghosts as well. So it seems to be a trait. And when you see a trait in humans, it could be anything. It could be like enjoying music or whatever it might be. We ask, why is that trait there? Because evolution, uh, which is the governing principle of all of life, as, as you all know by now, regular listeners, I always mention evolution, um, it must be there for a reason. So if half of us believe in ghosts, why would that be? Uh, there's two options. They do exist or they don't. And for some reason, we think they do. Um, and, and we're going to discuss both, I guess, now. The other thing is that's very clear. And again, studies, several studies have shown this. Haunted houses are actually irresistible places. Get out. What on earth was that? Probably just your house settling. And when I tried to spend the night in one, I was drawn to it. You know, we're fascinated by them. And um, we love horror movies, don't we? That's sort of a big thing. And, and that's tied into this in a way. And, and liking sort of spooky things may be an evolved thing as well. Because if we see a horror movie, it might prepare us for a real horror that's coming. So again, we're drawn to watching these things to sort of a, like a dry run almost when, when a really horrible situation might arise. So again, it seems to be built into us that we're, we're drawn to these things and we're very interested in them. And uh, now, again, the science, there is some science to study this. There's no evidence of ghosts, really, that's been robustly shown scientifically, even though you might see this on documentaries and so on. Many of those studies are, are, are not that reputable, shall we say, and they're very hard to measure or whatever it might be. So there's no scientific evidence, really. All there is people reporting them and saying, oh, I saw a ghost or I experienced something that was supernatural. And the first piece of science I liked was it's all about the power of suggestion, really. And a study was done in Illinois 
where they got two groups of people. Uh, they got them both to go through a haunted house sort of um, attraction type place. There are these places you can go to be scared, actually. And I think there's even one in Dublin, for instance. But they got, they got these people to go through this haunted situation. They told one group that there would be ghosts and supernatural things in there. So say they would have told a story where the ghost haunts the place. They told one group that... The Frogat is also cursed. That's bad. And they didn't tell the other group that, if you know what I mean. And the group that were told that, that to expect to see something supernatural, reported more supernatural events. And it was a big study. Lots of people were tested. Not everybody said they saw a ghost, obviously. But if they were told beforehand that the house was haunted, they were much more likely to report something supernatural. And again, they think that's the power of suggestion. So, you know, if you're told something, then you might begin to believe it, I guess is the way to think of it. And um, and, and that's that's one reason why we might believe in them, because we're... we're we're told they might exist and then we, we prepare ourselves to see them because they might be dangerous so or, and harm us. So if you're told the house is haunted, you may actually be more alert to a bump or a noise. Or you might see some shadow and, oh, I saw something in there, you know. So again, that seems to be built into us in a way. The second thing is um, uh, we're drawn to it as well and we kind of believe in it just in case it is real to protect ourselves and again if you walk through a dark woods say you're more alert for these things because there might be danger and again you might imagine that you're seeing something or hearing something uh, to save yourself against that danger so again you'd rather not risk the fact like if you say to yourself oh it's not real then you might put yourself at risk whereas if it is real you're more alert to it in a way so that's the second aspect of this that we might hear you might hear a noise and interpret it as a ghost for example and that again that's been shown scientifically the third thing I think that's really interesting is of course people will report seeing things if they take psychedelic drugs and of course famously things like LSD people report seeing all kinds of things on those drugs and they really believe in it they really think they're seeing something they're hallucinating but they really believe they've seen this thing the best example of that and again people might be familiar with this was in Salem uh, when the famous witch trials happened there in New England. We have found the witch, may we burn her? Uh, and what happened there was lots of people reported seeing witches and supernatural events and all kinds of things. And then all these women were famously put on trial and, and, and executed, as it were, because they were witches. Who do you know she is a witch? She looks like one! Yeah, yeah. And uh, what happened there, they think, was the rye bread that they were eating had got contaminated with ergot, which is a type of fungus. And that fungus was making a natural psychedelic substance. So in other words, there was mass tripping going on, if that's the word, in that community. And people really thought that these women were witches and they could see these supernatural things happening. So again, we know the brain then can be modified, if you like, by certain substances that make us think we're seeing things that aren't there, basically. So there's something about the brain being wired to see these various things. And of course, on the more serious side of it, uh, various mental illness conditions, uh, like schizophrenia, people do see things, you see. So it's a bit serious that we'd love to know more about it to help help try and treat these mental illnesses, you see. So there's no doubt the brain can be configured either through psychedelic substances, if you will, or through mental health to see these things that aren't actually there. And again, people then report them and say they saw these things and those things weren't there after all. You know, so again, that, that tells us something that it is about sort of the power of suggestion and the power of the mind seeing these various things. The other thing that I came across that was really good was um, noises. Now, a study was done on exposing people to different frequencies in noise. And 18.9 hertz, get that, if you subject someone to a noise with that frequency, with those vibrations, it makes them feel very odd and uneasy. 
Isn't that strange? So something happens in the brain in response to certain noises. And one big study that was done was, if you expose people to those noises, uh, the, the vibration changes vision in some way and you begin to kind of see things out of the corner of your eye. And one big study that people who were uh, subjected to those frequencies reported on seeing strange shadows in the, in, in the corner of their eye or in the corner of a room or whatever it might be. And, and then some of them interpreted that as being some supernatural presence. And yet what was driving it was that frequency. It, there wasn't any supernatural presence there, of course, unless, mind you, the noise summoned up some demon. That's unlikely. Uh, but they were able to show there was a visual disturbance caused by a noise. Now, that just tells you again how sort of peculiar the brain is in a way, that you can see things that aren't there if you subject the brain to a certain set of circumstances. And again, in a natural world, you can detect these frequencies. So you can imagine if you do go into a haunted house and there happens to be that frequency, for whatever reason, you might think you're seeing a ghost and there isn't a ghost there at all. It's the brain being modified by that sound that you're hearing. And there's a thing called the shepherd scale which is spelt S-H-E-P-A-R-D, shepherd. Shepherd scale, there are a range of tones that you listen to that make you feel very uneasy. Now, again, the question is, why would that be? They think it's because the natural world might have these noises. So, for example, a bear growling at you will make you feel uneasy, you know, and your, your brain has evolved to hear those growls, and that makes you feel a bit scared, and then that might promote you thinking you're seeing things you see. And, of course, horror movies exploit this the whole time. The soundtrack is everything, often in a horror movie. Because obviously that the, the sound wants to make you feel even more uneasy when what you're watching on the screen. You know, famously the great soundtrack, the Psycho. For example, those very jarring violin strokes, uh, very sort of a dissonant noise, creates this sense in your body of unease. So again, that tells us there's something kind of physiological going on in response to these various noises that enhance this experience of being scared. Now, the other thing to say is, what, what would be the reason for this scary sense? It is to prepare you for danger. But what's interesting is, once you get through the danger, and there's no real things to be frightened of, you get an endorphin rush. And that's very beneficial. So it turns out being frightened by things and surviving them will make you feel less anxious. And there are good studies actually showing this, that if you subject people to a stressful situation who are anxious, they feel less anxiety later. So again, that's interesting, the way the brain readapts, I guess, to these things. And you can do it with this sound. I mean, there's even suggestions to put sound therapy for people, make them go through this uneasy phase, and afterwards then they feel a bit better. So again, it could be a way to treat anxiety, kind of. And of course, anxiety is an epidemic at the moment in the world we live in. And, and those kinds of studies then are proving very interesting in terms of ways to treat anxiety. So again, that's a funny outcome from this kind of study. So the perfect scenario then would be stick someone in a haunted house, tell them there is a ghost in there, and they're going to be frightened by that ghost, send out this frequency, and then they might come out and say, I saw a ghost. Or, secondly, give them some LSD. I'm not, I'm not advocating that. I'd like to make that clear. But, but if you give them some psychedelic substance, they'll definitely see ghosts. So there's ways in which we can explain then why people see ghosts that aren't actually there. The last bit about these sorts of studies is there's a sort of a comfort in it, they reckon. So if, if you lose a, a loved one, 
and they've passed away and obviously you miss them terribly, you might begin to think you can see them or hear them. And, and that there's lots of reports of that, that they come back to you to comfort you, say. And then you will say, oh, I saw my loved one or whatever. I woke up in the middle of the night and they're at the foot of my bed. That's quite a common thing, actually, because uh, you're half awake, half asleep, and maybe your loved one has come to tell you everything's going to be okay. So, so the seeing of ghosts in that context then might be a comfort. And people believe that they are seeing their dead relatives, and that's fine by me if, if they get comfort from it. I wouldn't knock it in any way at all. It's fine. And, of course, the great example of it is... Um, if I dare mention the Beatles, which Owen loves me mentioning because he hates the Beatles. Paul McCartney, when the Beatles were breaking up, had a dream that his mother came to him and his mother's name was Mary. And she gave him comfort. He was very upset by the breakup of the Beatles and, and he writes, let it be. You know, times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me. That was his mother. It wasn't, it wasn't the Virgin Mary. So again, that's an example. He thought he was seeing the ghost of his mother and it gave him great comfort. So again, that might be another reason why people see the reporting of ghosts. Now, the last thing I want to tell you in the interest of time, is can you be scared to death? Now, guess what? You can. There's the, so, in other words, don't be overdoing it on looking at the horror movies because there's a risk you might be scared to death. And in a tiny proportion of people, they get really scared in a situation and the hormone adrenaline goes through the roof because that's the stress hormone that gets triggered by these things and the heart rate goes up and they have a heart attack. So there is evidence of being scared to death and they've even got a name for it it's called the Baskerville Effect. Now, where does that name come from? There's a famous novel by Sherlock Holmes, The Hound of the Baskervilles, uh, when the, a character in there sees this fire-breathing hound, dog, and, and dies. So that person is scared to death. So it does actually happen, rare and all as it is. Uh, so don't worry too much. If you want to see a good horror movie, it could be good for you because you get this endorphin bounce uh, and you're unlikely to be scared to death. So don't be worrying too much about that. Uh, but there's another interesting aspect of this. That's a proven thing, rare and all as it might be. So there you have it, the science of ghosts. There is evidence for them, no doubt about it. Whether they're real or not is still the question. And I hope you all get scared at Halloween. And thank you very much for listening. And of course, my podcast is available for download every Thursday. And it's a News Talk production. Cheerio.